Welcome to Estradile Illusions. We are continuing our Sundance coverage with a film that's competing in the World Dramatic Competition, and one that I enjoyed uh, a lot. I thought that it was uh, a really, really raw and powerful uh, story of perseverance in a time of war with uh, a lot of hardship. Uh, the film is called uh, Hive, and we have the director, uh, Berta Bascioli, all the way from Kosovo, which is uh, a first on our show. Berta, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Hive? Yes, uh, hi, uh, I'm really glad to be here with you tonight. Um, uh, so my name is Blieta Bašolė. I'm from Pristina, Kosovo, where I'm also um, connecting from right now. I've been born and raised here and uh, Hive is my first feature film. We are really excited that Hive is uh, premiering in Sundance because we've been uh, working quite a lot uh, and quite many years uh, on uh, on Hive. So we're really, really excited to be part of Sundance. So um, Hive started really um, after I heard a story about this woman um, on the village of Krušajmala in Kosovo where uh, a woman who had lost her husband during the war um, had to start working to provide for her kids and then the whole society really uh, works against her because being a patriarchal society, nobody saw her uh, working decision as a, as a positive thing. Beside all the, um, uh, beside all the challenges, Fahriye does continue to work and this was the part that really, really encouraged me even when I met the real character because she still continues even today to work and she has developed her business pretty well even today so can you uh can you talk a little bit about the uh war that led to the uh circumstances of the film uh which is in albanian and uh i i really enjoyed also how uh relatable the the you know, it's always a good uh, w when you have a film that is uh, clearly designed for uh, locals and it's a big uh, local problem, local issues at hand, but is also very relatable to a global audience. But can you talk just a little bit about the, the war? Um, yes, well, um, the war in Kosovo ended 20 years ago, and actually Kosovo has been many years ago under like occupation, so-called. So there were many restrictions, people thrown out of uh, jobs just because they were Albanians, our schools were taken. So many, many schools had to like do a parallel system and we were uh, actually going to high schools in private houses. Um, but 1998-1999 were really the war when actually there was a uh, fighting between between people with uh, uh, with actual uh, actual war fighting, and uh, as a result of that, like. Um, Part of the reason why it really struck me to do this uh, this story was that because living in Kosovo after the war was really interesting and really an, uh, a period where I can call very chaotic, but at the same time it was really positive uh, because everybody was really excited that we are free. Many people came from abroad to contribute in the country, in the new country Kosovo was about to become. But then on the other side, there were families who have lost uh, their loved ones and especially families who have lost their loved ones but never knew where they are. Um, so to people like Fahri Ehoti, even today, they still do not know where their loved ones are. And this was like something like part that particularly interested me because it must be really terrible to live uh, and missing somebody, but then still not knowing if they are dead, if not, where they are, if they ever gonna come back, because they still, still do wonder 
if what if they do come back so for me that was really intriguing how is it to live like that how is it to live every day thinking what if one day they show up yeah that was something that really uh struck out at me as i was watching the film was the way that you know uh faria is uh she has a family to uh, take care of and to provide. And, and, and in that sense, sort of from the day to day, you have to move on. But there's always this the nagging, you know, am I the head of the household or is the head of the household just going to, you know, walk, walk down the driveway one of these days and you don't know. And that's a plight that um, I think it, it, it affects uh, thousands, thousands of, of men in the region that just is this hanging over you, the, the idea that they, they could come home, but you don't know in the government. Uh, clearly didn't do that great of a job to try and sort of get to the bottom of this for a lot of, and give people a lot of closure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even today, even 20 years later, um, I did, I did go and meet her. She became now a grandmother. And even after the film was finished, she one day told me, I still, I still do wonder sometimes what if he comes back. And for me, that's really, I kind of thought that somehow she accepted that he's not ever going to come back. But um, but at the same time, she said, um, I do. I still do think that maybe what if they come back? And then at the same time, she had to work and work against all stereotypes, all people working against her because people told her, um, you're a widow. Um, you should stay home. You're a woman. You should stay at home. You should respect your in-laws. You shouldn't be driving a car. You shouldn't be going to the city. Um, and besides the fact that, I mean, her reason for going to the city was to work. <laughs> but, you know, nobody saw that as a, as a good reason because everybody saw that as a negative thing for a woman to do um but fortunately she she decided to not listen to all of this besides uh besides having to fight all that and besides being it very difficult for her to do that she, she still decided to continue and move on and in a way as much as you can move on in this kind of situations she did somehow move on yeah, that was a dynamic that I, I I thought was very interesting, especially I mean as a parallel for um in, in places like the the U.S. where in times of war when there's a, a, a shortages of uh, people able to work in like factories and whatnot, women who you know were were also traditionally in like the 40s expected to stay home and not hold jobs suddenly they're all sort of pressed into service and there's kind of the understanding that that wartime dictates sort of uh you know different types of circumstances and yet like just just the the, the idea that somebody could uh you know be be looked down upon for for trying to make a living or to, to even drive a car like it's it's at points controversial that fario wants to uh just get a driver's license like that's something that's that's controversial and yet at the same time you're sitting there going like what what is she supposed to do yeah exactly i mean at the time when i heard the story i mean i'm from kosovo as well as well i'm from the capital and um it's different to live in a capital rather than in in a village but at that time i was in u.s i was uh, in my studies and trying to make it and making my film my my school films and you know you're trying to do good things and better things in your life and then you hear a story about a woman who took a driving license and somebody's prejudicing her about it and for me it was a little bit i mean it, even being from here it was a little bit funny but at the same time very sad because you would expect people supporting her. I mean, after the war, she had two really small kids and uh, 
and then couple of she tried so many jobs and a couple of years later after the war like four or five years after the war she started her business and you know she only finished primary school but then she was like I never imagined myself as a housewife I always wanted to do something and it and she did and she did a great job because even today she is um um, she is developing her business. Uh, she until now she had employed around fifty widowed women from the village. But this summer, and I saw her new factory, which is the Euro- European Union actually financing it, and USAID helped her a lot with a lot of machines, and um, and now she's building a huge factory where she's gonna employ over hundred women, and that was really for me. It's like I don't have my own business. Uh, I I had a chance to uh, go to school. Fortunately, I haven't lost anyone during the war, so um, I had all the premises to do uh, anything in life uh, but then this woman who had all these challenges all these barriers and not to do things she did it and she's doing really well and fortunately her children are doing really well so the primary uh, means through which uh, Faria makes uh, her living is is through the production of uh, it's called uh, it's called Ajvar is that the correct correct pronunciation Ivar yeah Ivar. So, and it's it's kind of like uh, uh, for listeners, it's it's kind of like a, a pepper based uh, condiment spread that uh, it looks really delicious. I, I was watching as I was watching. I, I uh, at, at one point paused and, and looked uh, looked up online to see if uh, I could. Uh, I've gotten in, a bit into cooking during the pandemic, and I looked and I said, you know, this looks really good, and it, it that's a popular uh, delicacy where you're from. Yes, yes, it's really it's really popular, and it is delicious and yes it is some kind of spread um it is very common in our houses it's not easy to cook though because <laughs> it it has to really be cooked uh, for many hours and be i don't know how to cook it i usually just buy it but um yes they, they do um ivar and they now they're doing pickles and all a little bit more um different kinds of products but um she's employing all these women and actually the whole village kind of uh were lucky to have her because there are other businesses opened from doing the same product so uh, she gave the idea to many people and at the same time she's exporting she's exporting to switzerland to germany now even to us so it's like for me it was like wow that's really really a huge achievement for her and it was it was very inspiring to watch in the film, like the as, as she's uh, uh, lifting uh, other widow widows up with her. You know, there's there's the kind of sense that you know we're we're doing something unprecedented that uh, is is frowned upon, and at the same time, you know, we we've we've got to we've got to provide. We have to. You know, she was a trailblazer. She kind of took the first steps so that other people could follow, and uh, I, I thought that that the dynamic played out very well. Yeah, I mean, for her, I mean, that is basically why I, uh, we even decided to like focus even camera work and everything um, on the main character because she is really a special person to even meet in person um, because she did everything and then she was like, oh, as soon as women would start um, talking about death and war, I would just play music. And I was like, and how did you do that? And she was like, I would just tell them, oh, let's just dance. 
and then uh, and then I did the women dance. But sometimes she said sometimes they did and sometimes they cried. But sometimes we did dance. She said. I mean, because uh, we wanted to work to provide for our kids, but as well we just didn't want to go insane. I mean, she was like, I was, I just didn't want to go crazy. I wanted to stay sane and support my kids and grow. I get bring them some conditions to grow up in a healthy way as much as I can because she was otherwise she was like as soon as we would gather we would only cry so the reason was like she led them through work so that they can provide it's different when you have money to live uh, whether you're a woman or a man uh, but especially in this kind of circumstances for these widowed women who still remain living with uh, families of their uh, husbands they, it was a good thing that they could bring money to the family and have some status in the family, although it was very difficult at the beginning because none of them really wanted to work. Yeah, I, I think you did a great job portraying that. Uh, one thing that really struck me as uh, a, a powerful sort of uh, undercurrent for the film was uh, Faria's uh, relationship with her, her father-in-law, who's uh, he's old, he's, he's housebound. Uh, he's a man who's, who's sort of... Uh, old-fashioned and uh obviously wants his son to come back but what i really appreciated with your uh, skill as a director was the way that you he he's rigid but he he's not totally oblivious to the fact that yeah this is something that sh she needs to do and he has a, a a subtle subtle kind of growth along the way i thought their scenes were uh, especially powerful yeah, I mean, for me, it really intrigued the character. Also, working with the actor Chun Deutsch was really a great pleasure. He's one of our greatest uh, actors, and it is the first time I'm working with him. Um, for me, the relationship with uh, the father-in-law was really special because, um, he, to me, he is a person who has to remain the, to to maintain the status of being the um, the man in the house, although he's not uh, completely capable of doing anything. He's old and he's in the wheelchair, so as he he does as much as he can, but um, not being so able to do much for the family, he kind of uh, even support her supports her so for me that was even in the reality when she told me about her father-in-law and for me that was really interesting because um it it would be a little bit um as we say black and white or just um um really um surf in the surface to have him just be the the guy who's against everything and who's like really traditional one i mean i i really like the color of the of the character and he's as well he was he was as well in pain as the way same way as she was yeah, and there's a similar dynamic that that also plays out with um, Sophia takes her uh, Avar sauce to the uh, to a, a local supermarket, and you know the the way that the way that you um, pace the story and 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 just from an audience perspective, probably also just from an uh, international audience perspective, you know you're there, there's a little tension. You're worried uh, as she goes in and uh, you know you're you're going into a male dominated world, and you're kind of worried about what's going to happen is it going to be a good good uh are they going to like it but because she's a woman are they not going to want to do business and the way you present all of that the way it unfolds it, it, it carries like such a degree of authenticity because you can you can tell this is totally a patriarchal world and yet at the same time uh there are people who are uh willing to help and stuff and i thought that gave the film a, a sort of an added sense of power to it 
Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's really important because um, to, to have these kind of, let's say, flavors or moments when not everything is the same. Because, I mean, I guess not everybody, I mean, whether that's men or women or whoever we're portraying, um, it's never that all the people are bad. I mean, not all the men. And in her case, it wasn't the case that every man was against what she was doing. So for me, that was really important because it was as well as true. Um, the person from the supermarket gave them a chance to do the products and that's how she started. And even, um, even the grandfather, he was, um, I mean, he was between the society and between the reality that he saw at home that she really needs to work. So as much as he was a little bit against it um, and had to maintain his status at the same time, he, he is realistic at home. Somebody needs to work to provide because assistances didn't last forever. I mean, after the war, there were organizations to help these kind of families, but you know, assistance doesn't last forever. So as they were uh, coming to, to an end, uh, somebody had to just move on and take over so for me that was really important because if we even for the women some women were against some are were pro and and then at the end she managed to somehow um gather them together and so that they can work and be together but at the same time provide for their families because um i always see among all the bad people there's always someone who's good and among all the good people there's always someone who's bad so that's really to me interesting to explore but also um offer more more colors and more options to the audience so as a filmmaker i'm sure you know in in, in film school and kind of learning how how films are made there's you know there's you know, structure and like that uh, sort of traditional rules that people follow and then there's you know when, when when you're when it comes to adapting uh something that's a true story there's a lot of instances where people take creative liberties to just you know heighten up the third act or or that kind of stuff and what i what i really liked about this film is like if it was a the the drama was was very personal there wasn't really a moment where where it felt like uh, you know, as a director, you were steering it towards, you know, a, a, a sort of a bigger dramatic thing that could maybe spark a, a different type of reaction from the audience. But when, when you know, upon, upon learning that it was a true story, it, it really did kind of feel like you were trying to uh, tell the story sort of as authentic as possible. Can you just talk about your approach, you know, contrasting the, the historical element and then just your, your background as a filmmaker? Um, yeah, well, to me, I mean, uh, being an adjunct professor at the university, maybe it's bad to say this, but um, the structures really don't work uh, for me. I mean, maybe for certain stories they don't. I don't know. Um, so when, as a, because I was, I, I am also the writer of the script. So even when I was writing the script, I wasn't trying to hit kind of the first act and this has to happen. And then the second act and this has to happen. I really let a little bit myself free, especially in the script to follow. I mean, certain things have to happen in certain moments. So the audience follows the story. Um, and so that they stay with it. But at the same time, I wanted a little bit to free myself, especially because it was um, a true story. But at the same time, because we're dealing a 
with a specific character and because we decided to follow her in a specific way to stay with her all the time so for me as much as we while we were editing we there were many scenes that we cut out and we were trying to put the story together so that the audience can connect and still there so that our peaks and moments were turning points where moments would keep the audience but at the same time for me it was really interesting that I stay as much as true as possible to the character and as true as possible to how people here would react because I, I just believe that if you do that then the audience will understand what you're presenting to them and will follow and connect to the character so for me especially with this film I wasn't much worried about the structure to be honest I mean it's it's really as a, as a critic it's really refreshing to hear you say that because I I, I always I always like to err on the belief that the audience is smarter than a lot of like a lot of these sort of big budget studio movies that are, are kind of take them to be. And I think that, you know, you'd be surprised when when, when you're you're presenting a film that the, the audience can pick up on a lot of stuff. So I, I think you I think you engaged the audience on a on a really deeper level than a lot of films do and I really appreciated that. Yeah, I mean, thank you for saying that, because I mean, for me, people, especially with my editor, who is an amazing young editor, um, we, we a little bit had a fight, not a fight, but really a lot of discussion about the structure, because I was like, we can't edit this film with structure, because it wasn't ever meant to to be structured um so you, there are certain points as i said before that you need to hit so that the audience stays with it but it's not like this is the moment and the first act is ending something has to happen the first five minutes and then you go uh, i mean for me it was really interesting that we really believe this character and that we we follow her fight and at the same time we feel with her and we don't think of what is and when is it happening and i try to do that as much as possible because as you said that the audience is really smart now like they're really fast they're i mean children are we, we you can test it with children um they are really quick learners because they are used to videos they're not like us that we used to only go in um in in cinema and watch films and rarely on tv now they're watching films everywhere on phones on on ipads on, on computer on tv anywhere so they are really really quick they get the information really quick and i think we just have to be uh creative and adopt certain ways of telling certain stories so for me i think every story has a way of being told so i i tried to follow that well, I I think you did a, a marvelous job with uh, the film. Hive was, I think, either the second or the third Sundance film I've seen of this year, and uh, it stuck with me. I mean, not just because uh, the the Avar sauce is so good. I mean, it looks so good that, but uh, just the 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 raw power, and especially as you know, with with coronavirus, how uh, we haven't been able to travel and people aren't able to get out as much. I've increasingly looked to to foreign films to kind of you know, get get that sort of new, fresh sense of perspective and to learn something new about a, a different culture. And I think the way that your film was done with it was done in such a way that uh, I think it'll resonate well with uh, international audiences. And it tells a, a really intimate, powerful uh, human story at a at a level at a uh, appreciative raw level that reflects uh, your talent as a filmmaker. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for us. It was I mean, it's when you're from a country that not many people know a lot of things about your country and the way people work and live here. Um, it, 
there is always a challenge between not being very descriptive in the film and then explaining everything um, to the audience, but and and at the same time being with uh, with the main character that that the audience will follow, but at the same time they understand what what are the circumstances and how is it to live in a situation like that. So we we had to really struggle around that, but I yeah I hope people will understand the situation and uh, enjoy the film. Well, I really appreciate getting to talk with you about a lot of that and just learning more about uh, uh, your country and, um, you know, the, the, the broader circumstances. And uh, for audiences uh, listening, um, Hive is uh, debuting on uh, January 31st. It is part of the World Dramatic Competition. Uh, it's always fun to see uh, w- which films are competing. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really it's a good one. I highly recommend checking it out. My review is posted in the episode description. Uh, definitely, uh, it's, it's, it's a good one. And uh, Florida, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a real treat to talk to you. Thank you very much for having me here. And uh, to everybody listening, uh, we have uh, more Sundance coverage ahead. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.